Hello, I'm Brad Geddes. WebmasterRadio.fm wants to help you explore the keys to success in your internet marketing and expand your wealth of knowledge. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Download it today from the iTunes Store or Google Play Store. Discover new ways to revolutionize your revenue stream linked right to your smartphone with the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Here are your hosts. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge. We're a marketing training and toolset company. And on this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of Nirvana. You can find show notes and other information about our guests on CertifiedKnowledge.org. So in, in this show, we normally do a lot of PPC. We've done some social. We've done some conversions. We're going to spend some time talking about SEO, search engine optimization, another fundamental thing you should really know about. And even if you only do paid search, understanding the basics of SEO is really useful as sometimes doing AdWords affects your SEO or vice versa. So even having the basics of both will help you let do the other one more efficiently. And this is such a complex topic, I want to make sure I got the correct guest to do this. And so I, it was pretty easy to find. Um, our guest is Todd Melcote, excuse me, Captain Todd Melcote. He is an official captain now. Um, he is the SEO faculty on, on at Market Motive. He has been working in this industry for many, many years. A lot of them you know as Stunt Double. So uh, please welcome Todd to the show. Thanks, Todd, for being here. Thanks, Brad. Glad to, glad to be here and talking a little bit of SEO. And I'm I'm thrilled you're now a, a market motive member as well. So that's uh, that's where I usually teach SEO. And yes, uh, finally got my license. So thank you for uh, tooting my horn with with the little captain plug there. Oh, it's it's nice, Captain Todd Milcote. I, I like it. It's got a ring to so, it. Definitely, definitely. So you know, I do some SEO. I would not call myself an expert, but I always think of SEO should be broken into um, on domain, off domain. And, and I just want to first see if, if you even agree with that assessment, that they really are different types of conversations. Ab- absolutely they are. Um, wh- the trouble lies in when you have two separate conversations, uh, they get spread apart. And, and with all things SEO, it's a, it's a matter of balance. So uh, even further, taking it just a little bit further than on-page and off-page, uh, I like to talk about the dimensions of SEO uh, in Market Motive. And those, those dimensions would be the page, the domain, the keyword, and off-site. Um, so we have it in on-page and off-page, but domain, keyword, and uh, page could all be lumped into on-page, or they could be all off, off-site, um, except for the page and the domain, obviously. Keyword kind of overlaps with off-site equity. Um, so you're looking at, at four fundamental areas that can be even chunked down further just to on-page and off-page to look at various types of problems you have with a website uh, that make them less search engine friendly or less relevant to users or less likely to, to rank for a, a given query. 
Perfect. Okay, excellent. That, that's good information. So we're going to do one show, this one, on on-page, and our next show, entire one on off-page. So because we have just a lot of PPC listeners, I, I want to start with just a few basic questions which let people see how Google kind of sees signals between things. So you know, in, in AdWords, we have this notion of quality score, and which I know you're, you're somewhat familiar with it. And essentially, one of the major ranking factors of quality score is your click-through rate. And some SEOs say, you know what, your your title tag of your page is an ad headline, and the better your CTR in a search result is, the better your rankings are. Now, is is that smoke and mirrors, or is there some truth to that? I, I think that's absolutely true. And as with all things, I, you got to give the caveat first of of most things SEO are are fairly speculative. Um, but I think you know there's enough speculation that that click through rate does have an impact on overall rankings um and it makes sense that it would a lot of the time the speculation stems from what would people do if if they were a, qu- a quality engineer and then testing some of those theories so um and and we have seen that you know if you have a higher click through rate you're more likely to come up uh, an extension of that even further is if someone stays on your page for a given amount of time versus if they are are not engaged um you're more likely to keep ranking so so you have two components to that, people clicking through, uh, but then you have to deliver on your promise as well. And that's what we're seeing with some of these newer uh, Panda filters is is measuring engagement as well. So more than simple algorithms in the past of just on-page and off-page, there's some user engagement metrics that surround uh, the, those older topics of on-page and off-page as well. And that's perfect. You actually answered my second question because you know a component of quality score is actually landing page. And part of landing pages is things like bounce back rates, which, in fact, you answer. If they leave right away, it's a bad signal. Um, Another factor is actually load time, how fast a page loads. So that's a quality score factor. Is that a ranking factor as well, is site speed? Yeah, actually, um, site speed is one that Google's come come right out and said, "Hey, this is this impacts our rankings." Of course, we don't know how much it impacts the rankings, but we know it's it's good for users. We know overall, a user will stay longer, will be more engaged if the site loads quickly. Um, so, site speed has always been a factor. That being said, you know, you you always play the trade off game of how much site load time you have to, to load a bunch of content to keep somebody there longer versus just sheer site speed and making sure it's fast. So it depends what type of content it is, um, whether, you know, how, just how important that speed is. No, that's fair. So I always find interesting that a lot of the quality score factors are on-page factors for SEO. It's, it's Google has a way of thinking. It doesn't matter what their traffic method is. They're actually really similar. Absolutely. So when you, when you really start, on domain SEO, a lot of times it really starts from the site structure itself. Um, this is where you might have you know, your homepage, obviously categories or products, or even if you're a local business, you still have you know product pages, categories, homepages. Um, but then you you hear this on this random word like page rank flow and how links flow through the site. So when you think of site structure, you know if you had to answer in say 90 seconds or something. Uh, of explaining this to somebody, how would you how would you tell them sites should be structured for for search engines? 
Yep. And I think the people, the mistake people make in this area is not considering keywords first. So if you don't do some keyword research before doing your information architecture, um, you, you don't make the same decisions. So it's, it's important to kind of understand your whole keyword universe before building the information architecture. And, and from there, being able to just categorize that information architecture and prioritize what you're trying to accomplish um, with, your, with your SEO and keyword strategy. So if you're not organizing effectively, you're not going to be conducting your on-page SEO effectively and the rest of your strategy. So it's kind of the, the foundation um, for your site organization and structure to the overall SEO campaign. So the, the advice I would give there is make sure you know the keyword universe first and then start to organize your website. And you'll make decisions differently based on competition, based on what you have for existing off-site equity, um, and some of those things will impact how, how you ultimately go about the organization of the website. Okay, so let's, let's give a concrete example to that. So let's say I'm just going to randomly pick a product that everybody knows. So let's just say Amazon builds a little site just for the Kindle, and that's it. So you have branded words like Kindle. You have generic words like e-reader. Then, of course, you have things like book titles and authors and so forth. And how about putting you too much on the spot here by just taking an example? Sure. But so if that is you know like what I want to do, right? I've got my my top word is my branded word. Well, it might not be actually e-reader. Maybe search more. I don't I don't know. Um, so when you think of all these potentials, and let's just say for sanity's sake, there's only 50 authors in the world, and they've only made 200 books, right? Just to keep this in some reasonable number, um, how would you then, you know, think of your homepage versus categories in that kind of a, a universe of keywords? Yeah, and and so you always have to consider that entire universe of keywords. If you're adding something new, uh, your competition in each of those areas. Uh, so e-commerce is actually a great example of how to structure this hierarchy. If if Kindle's my number one seller, and I know that's what I'm doing my biggest promotion with, I want to have a Kindle link on every single page. And the reason for that is what you talked about earlier: is this idea of link juice or link equity or um, link popularity or page rank or global link authority. We have about 100 different <laughs> names for this now. And it, it quality score is probably, like you said, just about the same thing as far as overall just Google juice. So you have this limited amount of, of authority, equity to spread throughout your site. Any page that you link from every page on the domain is going to be at the second tier of that structure. Now, a page that's just linked from a page from a page from a page that's an orphan page is going to have very little bit of that equity structure. So the more that you kind of spread that throughout the site, um, the way that that's dist distributed is the link equity flow for the site. And that's, that's a function of your information architecture. So if I have popular products, if I have something new, um, even, you know, if Amazon has millions of products, but even if it's something that has 100 products, of those 100 products, the one that I want to list on every page are my top sellers, are the ones that I know I can compete in the search results. So I'll use some anchor text on every page that says uh, Kindle e-reader, and, and I'll have a link to that Kindle e-reader page, and I'll spread most of my site's authority and equity uh, to that page as, as much as possible. And that's, that's a big focus for a good, strong SEO campaign and, um, and, and execution of the strategy is we need to link this page from every page. And as simple as that sounds, it, it gets exceedingly complement, uh, complicated in, in large enterprise-type atmospheres. 
Okay, so one quick question and take a break. So how many links on a page becomes too much, right? I could say I've got 100 most important products, and I throw in my footer 100 links to all my products, right? At what point in time have you gone too far? Yeah, and, and this is where it gets into the, the ethical uh, spam question is what, what's, what's ethical here, right? Um, or, and, and spam is always determined in, uh, in terms of intent and extent. So if the intent is just to, to manipulate and put all this extra text on, that's, that's bad news. If uh, the extent that you do it is throughout the site and you're linking every page to every site, you know, you're, it's not a good idea in general. Um, the, the benchmark is, is probably a percentage of your site. Uh, so if I have 10,000 pages, uh, I probably don't want more than maybe 100 links on a page. Uh, if I have 100 pages, I probably don't want more than you know, 10 or 20 links on a page. Uh, so part of it's a function of the size of the site, and, but a good general rule of thumb is, is around 100 links if you're looking at a bigger site. Um, but not every page certainly should have 100 links. Your home page, you know, somewhere between 10 and 50, most likely. Every time you add another page, you're kind of uh, flattening that information architecture, if you will, and, and distributing less equity to each of the pages. So you have to make those decisions accordingly, uh, and that's where we get into issues of duplicate content and removing part of your website that's not important from the search engines. Uh, which okay. Is, yes, which is definitely yeah. a different uh, topic. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely a great answer. All right, so let's we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. They're going to come back and look at just purely the page structure itself. More marketing nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. 
injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back talking with uh, Captain Todd Melcote about SEO factors. And, and so we spent a little bit of time on domains. And, and so let's, let's get onto the actual page. Right? you got a page you want to rank for something. So question number one is you've got visible components and invisible components to users. Um, so your invisible components are, are things like title tags and meta descriptions and meta keywords and, and of course, some code stuff. How much does the invisible stuff matter? I mean, title tag is, is obviously the most important item in, in the invisible you know, um, header stuff. How important is title tag? Um, overall, you know, title tag has always kept its importance, and the reason is uh, for for a variety of co- kind of ancillary reasons. Click through rate being the biggest one of these now. Before title tags always showed up, uh, and and the keywords themselves, and, and Google kind of looked at that title tag. Now they're they're delegating that that um, factor kind of to the user and saying, what's the click through rate? And it's much more PPC oriented. It's it's much more kind of quality score related because it's it's statistically um, done and not kind of language driven, I suppose. Um, so title tag is kind of. Is, is still very, very important for that ancillary reason of getting that higher click-through rate. That's why you can change a title tag and sometimes see a, a lift in rankings. Not so much for stuffing those keywords in there and making sure every single p- keyword is in there anymore. Um, uh, Google's definitely better at, uh, at, at language processing, and there, therefore they can use kind of a little bit more of the statistical information now, I think. Okay, perfect. And and the other meta information does it matter at all? Meta descriptions or keywords? meta descriptions the same way. You're going to see that in the search results, so it's going to impact click through rate. So you, you need that call to action the same way that you would with paid search. Um, it's it's much more conversion oriented now in terms of title tags than just specifically using the keywords. That's again why it's important to use and understand that entire keyword universe because you don't necessarily have to have the exact keyword in there sometimes with your title tag anymore. If you have similar language and a good call to action, you can rank without the title, you know, without the keyword in your title tag. Um, but it is still overall an important tag, and you should be using the majority of your, of your keywords in it, certainly. Okay, fair enough. So, so then we have what a user sees. And, and so when you look at, say, uh, a true document, an offline document, right, they're structured like, here is the document title, which is your title tag. Here's your H1, your paragraph, your H2, your paragraph, some bullet points, your H3, you know, maybe back to an H2, etc. Um, is, is that still the way that websites should be structured when you, when you look at how a page information lays out? I think it makes the document more readable. You know, it's certainly to have that structure to it and be able to break it up to the eye. I think that's really important. Uh, for a while, again, when it was just language processing, when it was just kind of processing raw text, you could just have, you know, a, a whole paragraph that somebody wouldn't read with no breaks and no anything else, just the language. I, I think the only way that you maintain real users on your site is to break up that message with some CSS, with good structure to heading tags, with um, alt text on the images, with captions on the images, these types of things. 
um, help keep the user on the page longer because they're they're engaged. So, so again, it's kind of ancillary benefits. H ones have always been debatable as as their um, you know impact on search results. For the longest time, they had a very large impact, and it was specifically on the page. Now it's not so much that it's on the page and that H one even matters or has that much more weight. It's just a good it's good practice. It's it's good um, structure to a website. It's going to keep people engaged on the website longer. And, and therefore, you're going to have those ancillary benefits that, that are always good to SEO. Well, what about alt tags? I mean, that's one of those. I know a lot of designers who hate to use them because an IE, you hover over and it, it obviously draws the, 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 um, the text over top of the image. And I will see a beautiful looking website that has absolutely no alt tags. And obviously, their, their main purpose is for. Uh, people who have eyesight or use screen readers and so forth, right? But from an SEO standpoint, do alt tags really matter? There, there is a pretty good impact from alt tags and and just tagging images in general. So I think with with all things web, you have this ability to do metadata on on certain components. Um, and when given the chance, you should almost always do that. Even the the one exception being meta keywords. That's the one that's been kind of ruled out entirely. Where you know search engines don't even really look at that. Now, with that being said, it's even been revived in Google News, where there's a specific uh, meta keywords tag just for Google News. So all the things that did matter kind of start to matter again it's always good structure to label your images and i think it does have a you know overall impact alt's a a great place to spend your time especially as you're doing it now again i think it's when when webmasters get lazy that we say oh i'm just not going to take the time to write a good alt tag um or or it disrupts the design or something like that um but it's so easy to just caption or put put good proper alt tags in images and that helps the overall value of that document absolutely Excellent. So for a, for a while there, it was there was pretty much advice that if a, do, a document had to be at least 350 words, it was under 350, you just weren't going to rank, and it was like this magical number you had to get to. Is is you know uh, even if in the past it was a speculative number, but is there a minimum amount of content a page should have? Um, you know, I think that's a reasonable guess. Uh, and that's a lot of times what it is with SEOs. That's a reasonable guess. Uh, it's, in terms of minimum, not really. Uh, I've, I've seen pages with one word rank. You know, uh, what's what is the answer to life dot com and the big number of forty two. You know, <laughs> and and that ranks for what is the meaning of life or something something along these lines, right? And I've seen this happen, and that's specifically off page factors. So it's not um, it's not necessarily an uh, just an amount of words, but it's the quality. It's how how long people are on the site. Um, big content seems to do better. You know, when you aggregate a bunch of content, that that attracts off-page value. And we'll get into it with the links a little bit later. That there's there's shifts in how off-site equity has worked, uh, but your content is still always going to determine determine that off-site value. Okay, so for a while, you would see news articles that were just really really long. And and the problem was from an ad serving perspective, it was really bad for the the uh, the um the site because they were only getting one page view, and so they broke them up into six or seven pages. And Google has the you know next and previous, so technically they treat it as a document. Um, so if you've got really long content, is is it okay to break it up under six pages, or do you see a, a detriment from SEO from doing that? You know, again, I think it's there's the trade off there. There, there is the tag from Google, the the rel next, um, where they'll treat it as one document. There's the trade off of the user, though, of you know, 
it, for a two thousand word article, how much can I break that up before I start to tick people off? You know, it's easier to scroll through a single document than it is to um, click through each individual page. Like um, some of the larger, it, it seems to be a, a print problem. Really, it's, it's a problem of the companies coming from print that have very high quality. Um, content where they spent you know a, a reasonable amount of money to have somebody create that, um, and they're trying to monetize it with with the ad model, and um, and and you need those extra clicks, you need those extra page views uh, on CPM advertising. So I think that's there's kind of a trade off between hey, do we make it three pages or ten pages based on the the size of the content? Um, either way, from an SEO perspective, it's going to matter how long the the users stay on the site. It's going to matter if, if Google sees it as one document and, and not as duplicate content, and that needs to be structured effectively. So I think there's just a lot of things you can screw up if you do it wrong um, by by disappointing your users with a with a poor experience or um, or showing only part of the content to Google or not using those appropriate uh, meta tags to to let Google know how the content's structured. Okay, perfect. Now, the other day it was bizarre. I was I was in in Spain and I was at an uh, SEO PPC conference and someone mentioned keyword density analysis they were doing on a page. And I hadn't heard the word keyword density analysis in, in several years. Is that a term we should care about? Um, <laughs> keyword density. I think it's one where most SEOs just cringe at this point when they hear another <laughs> SEO talk about it um, because there's nothing really good you can say about keyword density. As soon as you mention it, everybody thinks you're kind of an idiot. Um, okay, that's, that's what I thought. I would make sure that I just you know, somehow didn't come forward with this, right? And, and okay, some so, people just like to be combative and say, no, it is a huge part of the algorithm or whatever. Okay, um, so let's, let's skip keyword density. Then. All right, fine. So here is, is one of my issues these days. It, it seems that Google really likes freshness of content. In fact, this morning I tried to find I, – I was considered a search trying to find an answer or something. I failed my first nine times, not search queries. I failed like 50 search queries for nine answers this morning because I wanted information from 2002 to 2006. It was timeless, couldn't find it at all. So is Google just really gone crazy on the freshness factor of, of how lately the content's been updated? I think a lot of queries are treated that way. Um, so it's it's you know there's always historical factors and freshness related factors in in most of the things in most of the components of the algorithm. You know they can certainly measure and timestamp different factors. Um, so so content and certain types of news content are always going to be that way. Uh, but I think there is kind of a heavy bias towards fresh content right now um, with with the impact of, of social media and yeah, they're trying to shift some of that that weight of li- traditional just links being 80% of the algorithm to you know um, social media and more more uh, n- newer channels I suppose um, so that you know there's always been the idea of uh, query deserves freshness or QDF and that's that's looking at news queries and saying this this deserves to be a fresh query now how much of that applies to um a non-branded uh, commercial search remains to be seen. So I think there's different types of query intent, and that has to be considered when you when you talk when you have a conversation about freshness. But it is it is good and important to 
almost any site to have some type of news or blog or update you know even if it's via Twitter or Facebook um, to have something fresh on on your homepage at this point I think is important uh, because it demonstrates that there's people and someone using the site versus just kind of the old brochureware sites you know of the of the 90s um, and and Google doesn't want those brochureware sites anymore there's still some that exists in in smaller uh, smaller areas for smaller businesses but for the most part they want to know that there's real people behind the website and and webmasters and business owners have the tools to to do that sort of thing now okay but let's let's say that you know i i want to rank for houston plumbing right and i'm just a plumber in houston i've got a 30 page brochure site i am a big company but i you know i don't need hundreds of pages to be a plumber in houston does that mean that i should just change my my page on occasion, should I take the Twitter? Because Twitter, like if you put Twitter into your site, it's just a JavaScript tag, so it really isn't updated. I might assume, I don't know, Google would not think that is fresh because it's a JavaScript tag being rendered. So what do you do if you've got truly timeless content or, or a page and with this freshness problem? Yeah, um, I think the goal is to create truly timeless content and to have something that you know people continue to talk about and continue to link over time um, and those historical things always do rank better over time um, than than just kind of flashing them pan social media tricks that that may might work for a little bit a little while um, with with regards to the specific example um, I always love the the local plumber example myself and and what I love even more is is now I can kind of give a firsthand experience of being a local fishing captain <laughs> which is kind of similar because plumbers and fishing captains really both don't really give a crap about the computer and and kind of cringe when they hear people talk about Facebook. I'm sure plumbers are even worse. They nobody wants to nobody wants to see their plumber tweeting um or <laughs> or you know have him doing a photo stream on Facebook. It's just not, you know, that the thing is, if somebody can do that and they can do it with a little bit of humor and with some updates, people do respect and like to see that. It's insanely difficult to do for a plumber and, and even for a fisherman, really, to, to update a, a Google Plus page and a Yelp page and a, a, you know, a, a, a Yahoo Local and a TripAdvisor and the list goes on and on and on. And so to maintain all of those is difficult, but there are tool, tools. Um, there's things that you can use. Um, and and the bar is set a lot lower. So within specific verticals, the bar is set a lot lower. So if you do those things, um, you don't have to do all hundred things that you would normally do with a national site, uh, but you might do ten of the things that are good SEO practice, freshness or link building or local citations being one of them, and really do pretty well with it. Okay, excellent. That's a great answer. So um, let's take one more break for our sponsors, and then we're going to wrap up with um, PageRank, of course, everyone's favorite topic or hated topic, and, and some parting words of wisdom. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. 
Time now for another exciting episode of Ace of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the <laughs> Algorithm. <laughs> That ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Aimclear, the agency, brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding-edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aimclear, this is how you sell with social. Aimclear, this is how you sell with social. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're talk, back talking with uh, Captain Todd uh, about on-page factors. And of course, a question I have to ask, do you care about page rank? Do you pay attention to it? Is it a false signal? What do we, what should we even think about this, this random number Google likes to assign? Yeah, PageRank was kind of one of the foundations of SEO, and I think it still applies in multiple forms, being global link authority, link popularity, link equity, whatever you want to call it. That's what PageRank was from the onset. It still exists. It's still a part of off-page off or off-domain equity, but it still applies to the site, so it gets lumped in with on-page topics. So we'll, we'll discuss all things link equity uh, in the off-page section, but for the most part, you're not going to pay attention to toolbar page rank, but it is and always was a foundation for, for Google's algorithm. So everyone, stay tuned for the next episode because we were going to get into page rank and links. So for on-page, though, let's wrap this up. So um, any parting words of wisdom for on-page SEO? Yeah, I think just pay attention to good structure. Make sure that you're starting with your meta, meta tag or meta description and title tags from the onset, um, and just monitor things. Make sure you have a good solid index um, that what you have indexed in Google is is appropriate, um, and that you're creating the type of content on page that people really want to read and organizing it effectively. Uh, the form, the formal, or the formal follow the function uh, with with creating good content and organizing it effectively and making sure it's what Google finds on your site. Excellent. Thanks, Todd. So if someone wants to uh, track you down and learn more, how can they find you online? Yep, I'm all over the place. Uh, StuntDouble.com, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Market Motive. I am the SEO faculty along with Brad being the PPC faculty uh, where I teach SEO. And on a good day, out on the water running the boat for MiamiFishing.com. Excellent. Thanks so much for being on the show. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Mark and Nirvana. As a reminder, the show notes and other information about our guests can be found on CertifiedKnowledge.org. New episodes of Mark and Nirvana can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find archives of our past episodes at WebmasterRadio.fm, Stitcher, iTunes, the Webmaster Radio iPhone app, TuneIn, or Google Play. So we are pretty much everywhere now. Thank you for listening.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.